from the summit in San Antonio, Texas, the core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Patrick Conway and Kay Watanabe. Today's topic, a day in the life of a top producer for real estate agents. So, everybody, we're in here for the day in the life of a top producer class, okay? Really excited to teach this class, and the reason why I'm really excited to teach it is a few days ago... There was an agent in my market that asked me, okay, do you even sell real estate anymore? And I was like, what? This person's crazy. I sell a ton of real estate. Okay? Um, I think I'm pretty dialed in with my, my schedule as well, but it, it, it wasn't always like that for me. Okay? And there is some, reg- some regret with that before I started the core. Um, I had two children. Okay, and now one of them's in college, 19 years old, and I have a freshman in high school. I actually have a little one now, uh, 15 months. Isn't that crazy? Starting all over again. And the beginning of my career, I let my two children down. Okay, I was unorganized. I didn't have a good system of time blocking. And I would miss a lot of their, you know, things that they were doing in life. Okay, I missed my daughter's uh, middle school graduation because I felt like I couldn't let a client down because I took the client when I had some time that really wasn't booked out for my daughter. I missed soccer games for my son. So that was really, really hard for me. And that's the regret that I have because I was not dialed in. I'm not going to let that happen again for my little guy. Okay, so I'm forced to be a lot better now. And I'm going to tell you a quick story on how I really became a lot more dialed in. So I'm sharing the stage here with Patrick. And Patrick's been I'm Patrick. a, just a big person in my life. And early on, I wasn't a good student. My first year and a half in the Corps, I was just unorganized. I wasn't doing the work. I didn't surrender. I fought everything. And I was on a call with Patrick. It was me, Patrick, and the big ranch guy. Ken Horster. Ken Horster. Our coach was Dayton. And Patrick uh, came on the call the first time and says, hey, I heard I need to be like you, Kay. I'm like, me? God, I suck. And by the middle of the semester, Patrick was just absolutely destroying me. And if you know Patrick, he's going to make fun of you if he's kicking your butt. All right? Just a little bit. Yeah, a lot. And (laughs) I told myself after that six months of just getting absolutely destroyed, right, that's never going to happen to me again. So I decided to become a better student, did all my homework, dialed in my calendar. So now we finally get to share the stage together. He's one of my best friends in the core. Um, and I, I begged for, for, you know, for us to get on the stage together. And they finally allowed us to do that. So it's my honor to introduce Patrick Conway. Now we're here. Thank you. But he's telling the truth. I got on a call with Kay and I was like, man, how do you do all these units? I need to do that too. So he still does more units than me. And uh, I think I still beat him by a little bit, maybe, just a hair. Yep. He might be beating me this year, though. I don't know. We'll see how it goes out. So, well, this is a day in the life of a top producer class. So I just tried to figure out what's the best way to take a glimpse into our life. The lenders have done this class a couple times, so we wanted to mirror what really worked for them. Who's seen Jeremy's video where he's sleeping under the desk? A couple of us have. It's very, very funny. So I said, hey, I think a video is a really good glimpse into that. So created a video. I had my staff follow me around for the day in a busy, hectic day. So we're going to show clips of that video. And I say clips because we've seen the class where we take it from 
a 20-minute video and you're sitting there watching it and then you talk about the tactics. And as Rick sits on stage and says, we want to be heavy in tactics, that's what me and Kay want to produce to you. Me being a part of Kay's life has been awesome because I'm on a call with him and he might be the most tactical realtor that I've ever seen. So he is like a machine when it comes to making sure that he's getting it done. So I'm glad that he's here so he can watch my goofy video and then he can tell you what the tactic is because I'm not really good at that. (laughs) So we're going to show glimpses of... Here's what the morning looks like. Here's what our morning routine is. We'll stop the video, and then there's going to be a lot of role-playing, a lot of question and answer, and a lot of Kay telling you exactly what the tactic is, and a lot of me taking notes because I suck. Cool? So if I'm taking notes, y'all are taking notes too. Sound like a good plan? Cool. Tanil, I'm all queued up, right? All right. Good morning. 5.31 in the morning, getting up, getting ready, going to go hit my 6.15 workout class. So I'm about to uh, get changed, grab some water, a little pre-workout drink, then we'll be on the way to the workout. All right, 6 a.m. on the road, about to hit up my Camp Gladiator workout class, an outdoor boot camp. Should be pretty fun, sun's starting to come up. Uh, I've been doing it pretty consistently now for about three months. And it gives me just a ton of energy. I love starting out the day this way. Uh, I've been doing it consistently three or four days a week, depending on the week. But uh, let's go see what it's all about. Keep it going. All right, driving into work. Got up at 5:31. Ran out to my workout class, 6.15 to 7.15. Got home, made a little breakfast, hang out with the kids a little bit. Hurry up and get ready, and now it's about 8.15, driving into work. I'll uh, make three or four VIP calls on the way to work. and make a quick pit stop over there at the dry cleaner to drop off some shirts, and then I'll be in, ready to rock it at the office. Morning routine. So... A whole bunch of tactics there. I'm going to let Kay kind of talk about what he saw and then also talk about what his morning looks like. And what I want you to do, again, it's like drinking from the fire hose sometimes, so I don't want you to walk away with ten tactics from each time we stop the video. I want you to walk away with, like, one really great thing that you're definitely going to do. So one thing that I do before I even start my day from the day before is I always look at my calendar before I go to bed. Okay, I know we're not supposed to think about doing any type of work, before we go to bed, but I always feel a lot more prepared to start my day knowing what I have to do the day before, right? And how that all came to start for me was someone would book on my team, right, because I don't control my own calendar. Someone would schedule something for me really early in the morning, and guess what? I didn't look at it. I'd either be late or I'd miss it. So I always make sure I look at my calendar before I go to bed. And I go to the gym every morning. Okay, I'm a big workout guy. It helps me just start my day feeling refreshed, ready to attack it. But before I had my 15-month-old, my 15 I would work out in the afternoons. I'd love to do it. That was my time that I time-blocked. But now I can't do that anymore, right? I have to be home at 5.30, 6 o'clock. That's just what I've made a deal with my girlfriend for, okay? One thing... I just want to let you know, and you, you, you can see Patrick, he, do, he looked a little tired on that video. Waking up's never easy. It's not it easy. Sucks. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to do, okay? But what I realized is the hardest part about waking up for me is getting up and getting to the counter, 
the front kitchen, you know, kitchen top before I can get um, my water. Um, I'm not a big breakfast person, okay? So I have two protein bars, and then I just head off to the gym, all right? What I really like about what Patrick does is he doesn't really have any downtime. When he's in the car, what was he doing? He's squeezing in calls, right? One of the biggest struggles that I see with us, right, is when we get to our 30 calls a day or our greatness trackers, we never really fill them up, okay? There's always, like, I'm, always, I'm so busy, I can't get it done, right? But when you look at what Patrick does, every little piece of downtime, he's making calls, he's doing something, he's having great conversations. So, um, Patrick, was there anything else on there that you do that maybe didn't show up on the video? How many people struggle with time? How many people have kids? Raise your hand. Before kids, I don't even know what my why was. I was just kind of running around doing what Rita told me to do. So I got lucky because I had her as a coach. Thank you very much. But then when kids came, I was like, man, I got to make it happen for them. So I want to spend as much time as I can. And a lot of times we are very busy. So we all have a perfect week at a glance and what our schedule is supposed to look like. So I think it's on page 67 if you have the big gigantic work week. And I loved what JJ said. When he was on stage, he'd said a lot of great things that were super impactful. Man, I almost cried a couple times. He's amazing. But one thing that stood out for me was I always strive to have that perfect week. And he said, hey, he assigned the perfect day for his students, and it took him two weeks to accomplish one perfect day. So how often do we actually hit that? Hardly ever. So that's the benchmark, and we know that if we get to about 80%, we're doing all right. So it's never perfect, but we work really hard to maximize the amount of money that we can make so we can influence the people that are most important in our lives. Now, I'm pretty passionate about real estate, and I love it, but I could probably name 101 things right now that I like to do more than real estate. I like Spurs games. I like drinking beer and listening to live music. I love playing with my kids. I like going on dates with my wife. I love the movie theater. A lot of things that I like that I would rather do other than real estate. So if I'm going to be at work, I might as well maximize every single dollar that I can make and squeeze out all the phone calls. So thanks for noticing that. Yeah. I appreciate it. But... Something that I did struggle with when I started having all these kids was the time to make sure I could hang out with them. So I learned to wake up a little bit earlier, knock out my workouts. How many people work out consistently? Raise your hand. Three months ago, I could not raise my hand. I don't know if any of y'all saw me three months ago, but I was about 27 pounds heavier and I didn't really look that great. I love it now. Everyone's like, man, you look good. I was like, keep giving it to me. I like it. It's going to keep me working out. Who needs to work out more? Raise your hand if you need to work out more. Almost all the hands in the room. I know you don't. I think I'm on a pretty good, consistent thing now. So I like all that stuff, but what I had to do was carve out time with my kids. So four days a week, not every single day, but four days a week, I'm making breakfast just like what you saw, and it's an awesome time to hang out with my kids. They're actually uh, very happy when they first wake up in the morning. So at night, they're not so happy, so I try to avoid them like the plague. Hey, babe, they're, they're crying again, but in the morning, it's very fun. So we get to eat breakfast, something I learned from Rick. I'm sure that all of you guys have said, hey, wake up on Saturday and make pancakes for your kids. Have you ever heard him say that? So when I started doing that, it kind of changed my life. So morning time is pretty sacred for me. I get a good hour just to hang out, feed the boys, hang out with my daughter, and it's really precious time for me. Yeah, so one thing that I want to really stress on is I, like, everybody knows me in the core as, you know, being that guy that works out a ton, but there was a time there when my son was first born, um, I just stopped working out. I don't know why. I was a, you know, I was an afternoon workout guy, and it was so easy for me to get off of that routine. Right. And then it got easier and easier and easier for me to stay off of it. And my comfort zone, I was always at the gym talking to everyone. And then when I finally got back, OK, and I know every, you know, there's a few people in here that probably feel this way. 
and you have to just get over it and go, is I felt really, really uncomfortable. So some place that was like my domain where I dominated, I came back and I was so used to it, I came back in and I was afraid. I was afraid because I was weaker, right? I almost forgot what workouts to do because there's just, I don't, and it's so hard to understand why, okay? But when I started going back there, um, no one really judged me. No one was looking at me not lifting as much anymore, okay? But I want you to know if you have to get back on a routine, you just got to do it, all right? Don't think about it. I know some of us here raised our hand. You just have to do it. Okay? So, the other thing that I learned from JJ was limit light white space. So I've got everything booked up, and I think it's really important to have that routine. I think people like myself and all of us crazy salespeople, if we're not routine, we get out of balance very easily. Hannah, come move over here, this front table. So I want you to share at your table the one thing that you need to implement for more of a morning routine before you get to the office. What's the one thing that you need to implement for your morning routine? All right, so there's always some things that we can implement. Hopefully, everybody's got one item that they can take back just to make their morning routine a little bit better. Tanil, you got my next clip, please. The office this morning, first thing, I got a little gift. Somebody got me 23 Me, so I'm really excited to find out that I'm Irish and Italian. Hopefully, I am, or I'll be really disappointed. So Mindy sets me up for success. She prints out our calendar for the day, everything that I have going on. Uh, VIP calls, what I got to make today, so that's a quarter of the 89 people on my list. We have some closing stuff that I have uh, that I got to make sure all the people that closed last week. She has 10 thank you notes on my desk, so we're ready to go there. Uh, new greatness tracker, fresh. And, of course, we're doing March Madness right now, so I got a new March Madness on my desk ready to go. So I'm set up for success. Uh, right before we start our team meeting, I go through a few emails. probably takes me about five minutes or so. I don't do my own emails. All my emails go to my ops manager. I have a secret special email that hits my inbox, and it's really only my ops manager, Matt, forwarded them to me or, like, my wife. So I've got a couple things here that I need to respond to and just a few text messages and phone calls. I actually got a phone call from... Um, that I missed late last night from a good VIP, so I'm about to give her a call back right now. If you can do favor when house reduce the price, and please let me know soon. <laughs> so look, the best thing that you could ever do when they're that close is say, okay, obviously you know like 289, obviously there's little things here and there, so what will make you sign right now? All right, made a bunch of email, return phone calls, all that stuff. Now we're about to start our team meeting. So we have a pipeline where we go over every single deal. Uh, right after that, we have a quick sales training. Uh, I'm just going to focus on March Madness, making as many calls as we possibly can. And we have a big Easter egg hunt coming up for all of our clients. So I want to see at least 200 people there. So we're going to bang the phones and do some of that. So that's what our meeting is going to involve. Come check it out. All right, let's put all the phones in phone jail for our meeting. Pass it around. I'll pass it around. Phone jail. Thank you. Cool. So some good tactics in that, starting out the day for success. How many people struggle filling out a greatness tracker? You can be honest. I struggled yeah. forever. Now I don't really struggle so much anymore. How many people struggle with March Madness? I'm going to raise two hands. That's a very tough thing. Now look. 
I think it's fun. I think JJ said it again. I got to use JJ. It was so inspiring what he said. But it's like, it was just rebranding what we're supposed to do. To really hit 12 impactful calls every day on our greatness tracker, you probably need to dial 30 dials. Would you all agree with that? If you agree, raise your hand. Say yes. Cool. So it is kind of funny just to do the work. So in, a, in the beginning stages of my core career, it was all about greatness tracker and lead tracker, and it should be the basics still. And I don't know why I struggle with it so, so much. Number one, I was doing my own emails because I thought they were very important. Now, I don't do my own emails, and it's easier for me to accomplish filling that thing out. Number two is, how many people have had, like, Wednesday going by, and you're like, oh, man, homework's going to be due next week, and I don't even have a greatness tracker for this week. I forgot to print it out. How many times have you had that happen? I used to have it happen all the time, and I'd print it out on Friday and try to go back and fill it in and be all ridiculous with it. So my executive assistant sets me up for success. Could you see it? What did you see on my desk? A calendar. A greatest tracker. Did you see anything else? Thank you notes. Did you all see anything? A call list. There was March Madness on my desk because we're doing March Madness. If those things weren't printed out, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm like uh, a drama queen or what, but I literally have a problem hitting print on a greatness tracker and print on March Madness. Does anyone else have that problem? I'm not a print kind of guy. I don't know what my problem is. But if I tell my executive assistant, hey, your job is to make sure that you're here before me and put all this stuff on my desk, how often does it happen? And then it just becomes a little easier, right? So, team meetings. How many people have them? How many people have them five days a week? For real, every single week. About half the people in a room. So, I probably started doing my team meetings consistently about 18 months ago. So, I would let one miss, and it was just easy to do that. Now, we're pretty dialed in, and at the team meeting... um, I do things that I delegate or do things that will frustrate me to avoid the frustration. So you saw phone jail. I heard a couple comments when you saw that. It was pretty funny, right? Because I'm sure you all have never dealt with an employee in a meeting on their phone or trying to text or be like, I got to grab it. It's something that's really important. It's the clients. It's dismissed. I got to grab it. They don't need to grab it. So I said, you know what? Screw this. Put all your phones in this phone jail. We're going to have a 30 minute meeting with no interruptions. You can get a lot done in 30 minutes with a lot of interruptions. What I hated was we'd have a meeting. And somebody would be on their phone, or they wouldn't be paying attention because they got their phone on them, and then they would come to me and ask me a question that we addressed in the meeting. Has that ever happened to you with your team? It's very frustrating, right? So everybody has to be present. So when Kendra's up here giving you the rules and being like, be present, don't be on your phone, we need to do the same thing for our teams, right? It took me forever, I think 14 summits, to figure out that how we are in this two-day event is how we should run our business. So everything that you see up here is a similar how we should run our business. So if Kendra's up here telling you the rules, hey, don't have your phones, when we're in important meetings with our team, our team probably shouldn't have our phones. So a little cool tactics. Did you notice anything else, Kay? Yeah, so one thing that I do is to minimize distractions in my day, I I come into the office at 8.30, my team starts at 9 o'clock. That 30 minutes is so valuable because I can get with, you know, I I can catch up on my email for stuff that I need to respond to immediately from the night before. I can catch up on my voicemails, call people back. One of the biggest complaints that I started getting when I got busy was I never called people back in time. Okay, so I get it, I get it out of the way as early as I can. All right? And then I start to delegate. And the way I delegate is I delegate through email. And there's a rule on my team is if I ever give you something to do, I should be able to go home at night and sleep knowing that you got it done. Or if you didn't get it done, you have to tell me 
before we go home, hey, Kay, I can't get this done. How do you want me to handle that? Okay? I think it's ridiculous that people don't call people back. How many, been, how many people have not called somebody back? I've got to raise my hand. It's ridiculous. And I don't know why we do it. It's ridiculous. So there is a four steps to calling people back, the order in which you call people back. Does anyone know the first callback that you're supposed to make? No. Nope. What? Close. A hot lead, right? New business, a hot lead. So number one, write it down, the four steps to calling people back. So you're in a meeting. You're in a bunch of back-to-back appointments. You don't have, you have eight missed calls. Who do you call back first? Number one is all the hot leads. Number two, you call back the referral source, the referral partner. Number three, who is it? All of the problem clients, current clients that need your help. And number four is everybody else. So a lot of tactics there. Share at the table. The long-haired person can go first. What's one thing that you need to implement to start your day off for success? Mo better. That means better. So back table, can you share with me? What's the one thing you need to implement? No phone zone is what Jeremy wants to implement. That's really, really good. Very good. Anybody else from the back table? I'm just asking y'all because I saw you very quiet. Anything else? Doing a team meeting every single day. I was a big culprit of not doing a team meeting every single day. I think that's very important. Somebody other than Rita at Rita's table. 30 minutes before your team to get everything set up for success. Very good. I think that's important. At Dallin's table, Hannah's table, anybody? Everybody likes my phone jail. That's very cool. And it was an actual jail on the video. I like that. It's very good, right? My staff, they get that. They're very creative. That was not me. Um, and then me personally, the following the four steps on the callback, because I'm, I'm not very structured. Four steps to the callback. It's the first time you've heard it, right? I think getting back to basics is really... Tough and easy at the same time. So I've heard that about a million times, and all of a sudden it dawned on me. I'm like, wow, sometimes I actually don't call the hot lead back. I call, like, the problem client back first. How much of an idiot am I? Right? And I've heard it a million times over, but we just have to focus on the basics and drive it home all the time. So I'm glad you picked that up. Um, having the call list already printed out. Call list already printed out. That's pretty good, right? Yes. If it wasn't there, I probably wouldn't do it. Tanil, you can queue up the next clip for me. Usually got my office right above a Starbucks so I can meet all my business partners down here. I get them to come to me, have a cup of coffee, talk a little bit, allow trucks pass by. But uh, we got three pillars of business. So we've got our builders, which is huge for us. We've got our steer, which is huge for us. And our other third really big pillar is our business partners. So I've got my guy that makes me all my suits. My Tom James guy is a good business partner. Uh, I actually just made a jacket that came in. So we're meeting for Starbucks, grab a cup of coffee, get caught up. And I'll definitely hit him up and ask him for some business, especially since he just made me a jacket. So he's making a little money off me, so he's going to be obligated to send me a deal. So we'll see what's up here. Hey, Hi, good, my man. What's up? How you doing? Good to see you. Let's grab some coffee. All right, let's do it. Man, I'm talking new jacket, Patrick. You got my new jacket? I'm ready for this, really man. Cool, man. Cool. Look at this. Very excited. It's my Tom James guy, obviously. I got a new jacket from him. Ooh. One of my good referral partners. Dang! I love it! 
definitely wear this in the summit. I'll tell you what. As always, cheers, man. I know you only drink water because you're super healthy. <laughs> well, yeah, I love the jacket, but I need to. Uh, I need your help. So this year, I'm trying to take my business to the next level. You're my main suit guy. I love you forever. Uh, I need one deal from you this year. One person to buy or sell it on. Can you help me out with that? You think? Well, I can definitely think of, of the one person, man. All right. You know, I. We're looking at it right now. You're going to buy it? I'm buying it out. No way. You're going to use me, right? Yeah, that's All right, you know, right on, my right man, on. you know. So, I'm like, so I just had a really good meeting with one of my top VIPs, business partners, and my clothing guy. I really like the jacket. It looks awesome. And... I swear I get to the point where it just becomes a little bit more natural for me to ask for business and obviously I ask him for business and all of a sudden I had no idea he was going to be looking for a house. So we'll sell him a home here at the late part of the summertime, which is very, very good. And he's one of their top clothes sales guys, so I think he's making about 200 grand. So he'll probably buy a big, really nice, awesome house for me. Not staged. I promise you that was not staged. So everything that you see, I promised it was not staged. I was like, hey, man, can I videotape you giving me the jacket? Meet me at Starbucks. He's like, yeah, I have no problem with that. And I knew that I was going to ask him for business, but we do it on the regular. It's not odd for him. And he does send me business. And he was like, literally like, I know we're, I know he's getting married. As soon as the summit's over, Saturday, me and my wife are getting on a plane. We're going to Mexico. We're going to his wedding. So he's really important in my life. All my business partners, I'm really, really close with. I would expect them to invite me to their wedding. And if they do, I try to show up. So we're going to that. And... um he wants to support me and help me out. And I just asked him, and I had no idea he was going to be like, yeah, you're looking at him. So they're coming back from a month-long honeymoon, and then they're going to start house shopping with me. So pretty impactful, very, very cool. And the three-plus-year-ago Patrick probably would have sat there at that meeting and said, wow, I love the jacket. Thank you so much for you know taking the time to have coffee with me, and thanks for this awesome jacket. I appreciate you. High five. I'll see you later. Anybody get stuck in that? All the time. Sometimes it's a little odd and a little bit weird for us to ask for business, right? Even when we buy a way too expensive jacket, I don't want to tell you how much it costs. This is ridiculous. I probably shouldn't do it, but he's a good referral partner for me. And I probably have the right to ask him for business now, right? And I don't know. It took me three or four years of getting pounded on by all my coaches to make sure that I actually ask. And once, like the first 50 times I asked, it was really awkward. Like, Really, the first time that I ever asked a business partner for business, it probably sounded like this. My guy, Ivan, I was like, hey, Ivan, just in case you might just possibly just, you know, just think about me. That was probably the first way that I asked because I was so uncomfortable and weird about it. And I'm just like, hey, I need your help. I just need one person this year. Commit to sending me one. And I say it all the time and I say it over and over again. And now they get into the process of, oh, man, I got to hook Patrick up with some business. So my business partner leads have blown up the last three years. Prior to three years ago, I probably had zero. Do you do anything different when you're working with your business partners? I do. You know what? In the beginning of my career, I used to be so upset that my business people didn't refer me, right? I was, I, they'd be on here. I'd invite them to happy hours. I would gift them. I would bring them to my client events. I'd give them a ton of referrals, and I would just be upset. And I said, you know what? That's not, this is not a good business person. I don't want to be in relationship with them, okay? So let me tell you how um, I changed that. I started making it about them, Okay. You can't assume that most people come into business understanding the referral game, right? Once you make it about them and you're helping them out, then it's easier to ask for a referral that way. But let me just do a quick role play. This is something that has been huge for me. Someone in the court taught this to me. I don't know. I think it was Josh Sigmund or Todd, and it was amazing. And I'm going to just do a quick role play here with one of my business people. We'll just pretend that you are my insurance person. Cool. Okay, 
And this is how it goes. And this is how I taught someone how to refer. All right. So, hey, Patrick. This hey, is Jay. Kay. How's it going? Man, I'm doing really good. How you doing? Doing really well, man. Hey, you've been crushing it with our clients. I have I heard such good things about the referrals that we gave you. Um, and I want to get you more this year. Well, that okay, sounds good. I, We're always beating everybody's rates, man. I appreciate the business. Yeah, and I, I want to actually increase your conversion rate. So um, help me out a little. I want to know, what do you want me to say about you so I can elevate you before I get the client over to you? Well, at our insurance agency, we're more of a brokerage, so I can shop it around and make sure that I guarantee them the best rate possible for the most coverage they could possibly get. Fantastic. Um, do you mind if I add one thing to that? Please do. Okay, I'm going to tell them that you're my insurance person. You take care of all of my stuff, and you're also accountable to me. So if anything goes wrong, they can always come to me, and I'll get it corrected. Is it okay if I add that spin to it? Man, that sounds great. They'd probably trust me even more if you said that. Perfect. Can you do me a favor? Of course I can. All right. If you ever run into someone that is looking for real estate or have any real estate needs, can you say these three things about me? Tell me what they are. All right. So number one, we are service-oriented. Okay. Okay. Their service from start to finish is the most important thing for me. Okay? Okay. Um, I'm not a part-time agent. Last year, I sold over 400 houses. I don't say that to brag, but I say that when it comes to their negotiations, uh, being creative on how to find deals and putting deals together that most agents can't do, you're not going to find too many people like me. That's important. I think most people like people with experience. Perfect. Could you say that next time you run into someone? Of course I can. Fantastic. So, wow. So write that down. What do you got to write down? Teach and coach your referral partners on how to refer you. Teach and coach your referral partners on how to refer you. Nikki sat up here and said that 62% of her business was generated from 18% of her business. That's ridiculous. So all of the business that we have and all the referral partners, if we sit them down and coach them, you think we'll get more? Sit them down and coach them. That was awesome. I don't do enough of that. Absolutely. So first thing is if you want to recap it, you have to make it about them. Or if you go into a relationship and it's all about you, they're not going to call you back. They're not going to give you anything. And that's the number one way you lose with me, okay, as a business person, is if you're always calling me up and you're saying, hey, man, when are you going to give me some referrals? I've fired lenders for stuff like that because that's all it's about. Like, hey, come on, you're going to give me more? You're going to give me more? You're going to give me more? Like, you're giving me no value. You're the guy that's calling me up, and now I see your phone number. I have it saved, and I'm going to avoid you. That's the number one way to ruin your relationship with a business person or referral partner, VIP, past client, if you go in thinking about yourself and just asking, asking, asking without giving it any value. All right? So how many people feel like a little bit of a used car salesman when you're trying to ask for business? When I first started doing it, I felt so awkward and I felt like a used car salesman. Why do we feel like that? Is it because we don't value our own service? Huh? You don't know how to do it. Cool. That was a perfect segue because we're all going to role play. So the person sitting next to you for the table of three, y'all can figure it out. Y'all can interchange. But what I want you to do is one person be the realtor, one person be the business professional. And what I want you to do is sit down, have a little bit of a forward conversation, which would be family, occupation, recreation, dreams. And after adding a little value in terms of the relationship, then I want you to ask them for one deal. I want both parties to role play. If there's an odd number, y'all can figure it out. I trust you. Go for it. Who did awesome? Like, who was like, oh, man, they just sold. Who did it? Mark, you're a realtor. Kay is the business partner. Go, baby. Let's hear it firsthand. 
Hey, Kay, it's Mark Frisco. How you doing? Hey, man, doing pretty good. Hey, I just wanted to check in on you. How's everything going at home? Uh, wife, kids, everything good? Ah, busy. Got a little one, man. Driving yeah. me crazy. Growing like a weed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine's crazy, too, so he's driving us nuts, actually. But um, I was calling you because I sent you a couple leads last week. I just want to make sure everything's going well. Yeah, fantastic, man. Really appreciate that. Cool. Perfect. Perfect. Well, hopefully um, I'll be sending you some more sometime soon. Uh, I really just wanted to call and reach out and uh, see if there's any way you could help me out. So business is a little slow this year. Uh, it's not exactly where I want it to be. My team has aggressive goals. And uh, just curious if you know anybody I could help out, uh, you know, potentially somebody that wants to buy or sell a house. Yeah, yeah. If I run into someone, I'll let you know. So there's nobody that you know currently? Nah, not coming to mind. Okay, so if you do find somebody that's looking to purchase or um, potentially sell their house, uh, the best thing to do is always get their contact information and get it to me. Because uh, what I realize is a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I sent them your number, and then they never call, or I missed the call, and I lose that opportunity. And that's really important uh, for me to actually get in contact with them, because if I don't, what ends up happening is they land in the hands of a realtor that doesn't know what they're doing, and then, unfortunately, they may get bad service. And I can guarantee you that I'm going to give them good service. Ah, the guarantee. Yeah. Give it up for them. Good job. I like it. A couple of things I really liked about it is sometimes us salespeople have big, gigantic egos. I know about this because I have a big, gigantic ego. So it's really, really difficult for me to say, hey, I need your help. I love that. Hey, I need your help. And most of our business partners, especially if we're saying, hey, I gave you a couple leads. Hey, I need your help. How many people are going to say no to that? Ain't nobody saying no to that. Right? Was it uncomfortable for you while you were role-playing? And were you tripping up? You didn't know what to say? Who had that problem? Okay. So you know why you're having that problem? Because you're not doing it enough in real life. Right? If you're doing it in real life, you're going to be able to knock it out of the park. It should come to you like that simple. Another tactic, just based on what he's saying, because I think that is huge, something that I've been giving my students. Some of you all might already be doing this. How many people struggle with a greatest tracker still? There's a few of us. Okay, a few people struggle. So I think that it's the quality, not really the quantity. Would you agree with that? So the most important thing that I heard Kay say is just do it. We're struggling because we are not doing it. Would you agree with that? So on the greatness tracker, anytime we are face-to-face on a break bread or have a great phone call conversation, from now on I want you to do one thing. If you actually ask them for business, circle the name on the greatness tracker. It's okay to take notes and write that down. Don't be bashful. Circle the name if you met with them face-to-face or on the phone if you actually asked them for business. If you did, you circle the name. At the end of the week, you'll see all the names, and if you got less than a third of them circled, you're doing it wrong. Everybody that we meet with, we should get in an opportunity where we ask for business. The more that we ask, the more we will receive. Do you agree with that? Cool. You ready for my next clip? So that'll be good. Uh, just looking at my calendar. Next up, I have a bunch of VIP calls. So Mindy's got me set up for success with my VIP list here. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, that's pretty uh, – the numbers I gave you were, like, ultra conservative. So um, okay. if I can get involved and, and meet them at their house and get my crews in there to clean it up and make it look spectacular, I might be able to talk about, you know, 10 grand more. Right, so. right, right. And that's, again, that was kind of my goal. And you're my dude, man. Like, I don't I – don't, Oh, I love you strong. I love you so strong. Yeah. I love you too. I love you too.
So after all my VIP calls, I've got a short marketing meeting for about 10 minutes with Mindy. Uh, we're going to make sure everything's finalized for our Easter egg hunt and then start planning our next one, which is a few months away. But in the summertime, we always do a movie event. So we're going to talk about all the logistics there. She's going to ask me all the questions about, hey, this or that, budgets, how many people, what's there. She's going to give me everything, and I just make the quick decisions, and then she'll roll with everything. So that's what our meeting will be about after VIPs. So a couple of things on VIP calls that I want to point out before Kay tells you how he does his thing. I told the guy I love him strong. Is that kind of funny and goofy? Mm-hmm. A little bit weird. But if anyone's had a conversation with me, that's probably pretty unique to me. Would you say that? Brian, you know me. Is that pretty unique to me? That's probably who I am. So I think you be who you are on the calls, and it go a long way. People like to do business with people for you. So just be however you are. So if I ever see you and I'm like, hey, I love you so strong, it's not weird. That's just who I am. You get it? Cool. So be a little bit more animated, a little bit more fun. Passion and enthusiasm gets you a long way. So I have a power hour meeting with my team Tuesday through Friday. I have my big sales meeting on Monday, but I meet with my sales team Tuesday through Friday at 10.15 every single day. If you came to my site visit, you see this thing go down, right? One thing that we always talk about and what we start out the meeting with is we talk about leads. We talk about the leads that we've got the day before, right? How did we convert them? Okay. But most importantly, we talk about warm leads, warm referrals. So I don't even run this meeting. I have my leads coordinator, my RP1 leads coordinator that tracks all of our leads. Okay. She asked me every single day in front of my entire team, okay, how many leads did you get? So she has to hold me accountable to make sure I'm going and asking for business. Okay. One thing that I don't like is I don't like to be embarrassed. If I'm the team lead, who should dominate in getting most warm leads? Me, right? I don't like it when she asks me and says, hey, Kay, did you get any warm leads? And I say, uh-uh. Do you know what that, you know what that meant from the day before or the day before that? I wasn't asking. Okay, so if you look at page 72, that's my power hour routine that we go through. Every day is a little different. There's a core area that we, we talk about, warm leads, total ad leads that we got. What was our conversion rate? How many appointments did we set from the day before? And then if you see Tuesday, I check in with everyone's hot buyers on my team. Okay? They check in with my hot clients. Wednesday, we talk about listings coming soon. We talk about the money list as well. Their money list is people that they know that they're going to be selling within the next two weeks. It's important that you always talk about this stuff. All right? If you're not meeting in front of your team, right, Brian? And you're not talking about leads. You're not talking about conversion. You're not talking about the people that will buy or sell within the next two weeks or 30 days. You're not, these people don't sell, right? And I see a big turnaround from you. Now that we started to implement all that type of stuff, buyer's agents are kicking butt. Okay? Uh, one thing that we always do is I look at their calendars. They look at my calendar. And when you run a team, you want to make sure you're looking at their white space, especially for you if you have buyer's agents. If you're on my team and you're a buyer agent, you report every day at 9 o'clock. And if you have white space, guess what I'm helping you to fill it with? Any examples? Open houses, prospecting time, milk route. So everyone has to read it off to me 
with their calendar. I go first and say, hey, you know what? This is what I have today. I have my morning meeting. I have an agent one-on-one. I have my power hour meeting. I have a lunch appointment. I have a client listing appointment. I have one more listing appointment. I have a networking event. Then I go home. All right, next. Mark, you go. Boom. And then we just keep going down the road. And if there's a big two-hour gap, I help them fill it. I'm saying, all right, Mark, so tell me how you're going to fill that two hours today. You're going to call. You're going to do an open house. You're going to do a networking event. You're going to do a milk route. Which one? And they have to name it. So if you want to get the most out of your buyer's agents, that's what you have to do. How many people have buyer's agents? Raise your hand. Almost everybody in the room. How many of them show up at 9 o'clock every single day? I have a bunch and none of them do. I make excuses for him all the time. Oh, he lives really far away. I can't have him come in every day at 9 o'clock. I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to my buyer's agents, and that's why profitability on the real estate P&L, what does it mean? Section 2 covers up Section 1, right? How many people's Section 2 covers up Section 1 consistently every month without fail? Almost, Sasha. Okay, he probably does. Would you agree with that? Pretty cool. So what are the four things that your buyer's agent can do if they have a bunch of white space? What is it? Open house. Open house. Write it down. If your buyer's agents ain't got nothing, they do open houses. Mike Bowen sat up here and gave you a whole bunch of great tactics for some open house stuff. Would you agree? So even though we're realtors in the room, we can learn a lot from the lenders if we pay attention. Open house. What's number two? Milk route. Milk route. And you had two more, right? Get on the phone. Start prospecting. Cool. Or go to a networking event. Networking event. So if it's something later in the day, help them find a networking group or something like that. Okay. You got my clip. We're ready for the next one. So I just got done with the marketing meeting. I've uh, been making calls in between, in the car, uh, knocked out a bunch of VIP calls. March Madness is going on, so I've got my 32 outbound calls done already, which is great. I'll probably end up with a little bit more. Um, about to make an offer on a house. I'm just reviewing some comps. Going to give my recommendation on whatever offer our buyer is going to have. Just finished up our marketing meeting with Mindy, so we got all of our movie theater and the summertime details. We're going to do the Lion King. We're going to do 298 uh, seat theater. It'll cost about $4,400. I'm really excited for that. So it'll be in July. Hopefully, we'll get a bunch of people there. How many people allow distractions to come in every single day from your team? I used to do it all the time. I'm getting better and better. So prior to recently, I would probably allow the movie theater thing to be a distraction. So Mindy's on top of it. She wanted to set a meeting. She's also in charge of my calendar. So this specific day, she had a 15-minute gap where she scheduled herself to come into my office and talk about the movie theater. So it took me 15 minutes to set up the movie theater event. How many people do a movie theater event? A bunch of you. Does it take you more than 15 minutes to execute it? Probably. So I think we need to delegate a little bit more and give them the responsibility. Now, she came. I didn't want to sit there with the whole meeting, but she's asking me questions like she had three different theaters. She had three different prices. She had three different amount of seats. She said, hey, everybody can get a popcorn, a candy, and a soda. Everybody can just get a soda. Everybody can get a popcorn and a soda. What does that look like? She had two different movie options, and last time we did it, we did Nut Job 2. So the secret behind a movie theater day is don't go to a crap movie. Go to a really cool movie like Lion King that people want to show up to. You get a better attendance. No job, too. We had like 150 people show up, and I had like a 300-seat seater. So do a better movie. Uh, so she's just given me all the options, and I made the decision on the spot. It took 15 minutes. Now she'll go execute it, and in July I'll show up to the movie theater, and there'll be 300 people there, hopefully 298 because that's how many seats there are. Pretty cool, right? So we need to schedule everything and allow for the team to not interrupt us but schedule the times where they're going to need us. We probably don't do that. I'm getting better and better at doing it. So 
Anything else that you saw there? I think you spent too much on your movie event. <laughs> I do too. After who told, who said they do one for eighteen hundred bucks? That's the first thing I said. At me and Kay were sitting next to each other. I was like, Yeah, eighteen hundred bucks. What the heck? Mine's like four grand. Yeah, forty four hundred apparently. Jeez, that's way too much. But we got the fancy movie theater, and you know? I'm all fancy. I got to do yeah. it. But that's a deal that I have with my team too. When it comes to client events, the hours, anything that we set up, I just have to approve the final check checklist, and I have to show up knowing that everything is going to be taken care of. Okay, and that's why I have my, uh, you know, my client events like clockwork. I never miss those things. Okay. So one thing that you can look at, page 68, I have my marketing calendar in there. Uh, Nikki does an excellent job of this, too. It was in a Word bullet point. If you looked at her presentation, she had January and February, and she had like, I don't know, 12 or 13 events for each month. I was like, wow, that's crazy. So all of my three big client parties, all of our happy hour stuff is all detailed within our calendar. So you have that. Marketing calendar is a whole class that we teach, but if you plan out when you're going to do it, it probably happens. Would you agree with that? So everything's on purpose and not haphazard. So plan out the time and don't allow for distractions. So at the table, I want you to tell me what your number one distraction is. Hopefully you've been thinking about that because JJ spoke to me when he was talking all about those distractions. And I was like, wow, I have a ton of distractions that probably could just go away very easily. And if they go away, we gain a lot of our time back. So at your table, share the biggest distraction that you see that you need to get rid of. So this table here, what was your big takeaway? Two of us said that we had uh, our teams interrupt us. Like we don't have clear boundaries about when they can come in. And teams, that was a great example right there. You see, she wants to talk about the movie theater. She knows that she can schedule it in my calendar and we can talk about it. If she came in asking me to make those decisions, I probably wouldn't have a clear head about it and it would be all haphazard, right? So who's in charge of your schedule? Myself and my, a person, my RP1. Cool. So what do you need to cut out? Myself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else have a share? Back table. Ashley's got you. What do you need to cut out for a distraction? So email, but uh, letting go of the email, but then Ooh. not letting go of the email. I could never fill out more than 40 calls on a grading tracker until I gave up my email. Who does your email right now? So my assistant handles the email. Okay. But then I go into the deleted folder to see what was handled and how it was handled. Oh, you can't let go. You're like, what did they do? I need to micromanage them because they don't know how to spell, right? They don't know how to type an email. Look, do you know the best way to get beyond that? I don't have access to it. In the beginning video you saw it, I was like, I got a secret email that comes to me. I don't have the email that's on my card. I don't even have it. If I did, I would do what you're doing. I'm a little bit of a control freak from time to time. I literally have to not have access or I'll be doing it. Do I get by just fine? If I can do it, you can do it. Do you agree? I'm a gigantic knucklehead. I'm 80% doofus. You're way more talented than me, so you can give the email away too. Anybody back here? Yeah, we talked about uh, staff. You know, just not having the clear boundaries. and We have lots of staff problems. Why is that? Because yeah. we don't set clear expectations on when they can come in, right? We allow it, especially buyer's agents, right? Because we don't want them to leave. Oh, no, I got your back. Come and talk to me whenever, right? No, you got to put a boundary on there. Be clear, firm, and direct on when it can happen. It's way better. You can queue up my next clip. Uh, next, going to lunch, uh, a little core event, a core student, first semester. She's in town. Um, Really, really great business. Uh, Melissa Wiggins, she just asked for lunch. So, of course, I'm going to go meet her for some lunch, talk a little shop, talk a little core. So, see what she needs. 
definitely pay it forward mentality. Help her out a little bit. So let's go check it out. So tell me about when you were first starting out, how your how you envisioned your business to look and, and what strategies you're thinking about. I, I don't know what I want. So I think when I first started, I only got the title rep, and I was getting exposure from a lot of lenders that were a part of the core. Awesome lunch. Gave uh, Melissa Wiggins some good nuggets. She's going to be an all-star with the core soon. Uh, she's just killing it. So that was very good. Got my little sushi roll on. Uh, now I'm over, running over to one of my good referral partners, really good friend of mine, actually uh, really close to the core because uh, he's engaged to Nikki Salter. But he runs a big builder in town. It happens to be his birthday tomorrow. Uh, so I'm going to show up today, wish him some happy birthday, and drop off a little gift. As soon as we do that, uh, then I'm running over to a buyer's consultation, new buyer that's in our life. So. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Alright, that was a fantastic stuff. So, I gotta tell you, I'm actually struggling with a lot of my lunch appointments. Okay, Rick called me out the other day, and he says, okay, you just rush through everything. I'm like, I know, I'm just so busy. And for me, I've just been casting out such a big net to try and fill my list and get as much as I can in, and I haven't been going deep with people. So when I see what Patrick does, and he does a lot better than me, is he's spending some time with people. Like, my lunch appointments are like 25 minutes, and I feel terrible, too, and I know I'm rushing through people. Some of my top VIPs here, I'm eating, and they're still eating. I'm like, all right, man, I drove. Are you ready to go? That's horrible, right? Even Rick says, hey, I think, Ashley, you made him call me back because he was too quick on the phone with me once. He said, you better call Kay back. You have a 30-minute appointment with him. You gave him two minutes, and he called me back. Uh, I'm not making it impactful enough. My gifts, when I'm giving them out, especially to my VPs, I'm mailing them to them. I'm not showing up on their birthdays. I like that you do that, right? That's probably why he's beating me. I mean, that's, I know why that's you're beating <laughs> me is because of that. So that's one thing that I actually took from that is I have to be better. I have to go deeper with people. And stop just rapid firing all the way through my day. Okay? Spend some time. Get to know them. Understand what, you know, their, their interests are. I gotta tell you, the gifts that I'm giving, I probably am not even hitting home with them. Cause I'm guessing. Alright? So I'm gonna let you cap that off. Well, I love being a coach because it's all about pay it forward. Everyone knows my story. We struggled with having kids. Uh, I've got a four-year-old daughter and 19-month-old twin boys and I won't bore you with the details, but it was crazy and hectic and the worst time of my life and now I have the greatest time of my life, but that was 230 grand in less than a two-year period of time. And before real estate and before the core, I was making about 61 grand a year. So I would not even have kids if it wasn't for the core and pay it forward mentality. And I think givers gain. So somebody asked me for lunch. I don't care if they're a realtor, competitor, no matter. That's the greatest thing about the organization that we're a part of. You know, 2014, a lot of y'all been to my office. A lot of y'all coached. A half a mile down the street is the greatest realtor of all time, Dayton. In 2014, he coached me for two semesters in a row. It was probably my biggest growth year of all time. How cool is that? One of the biggest competitors. I'm big in the builder world. He's big in the builder world. And he, had, he gave me the opportunity to learn from him for a whole year. That's crazy awesome, right?
So that's what I'm all about. So if a core member calls me or any realtor calls me and says, hey, let's have some lunch, I'm all about it. There's 35,000 MLS sides in our San Antonio Board of Realtors. There's 12,000 builder starts, so there's 47,000 opportunities. I do about 300 deals. So there's enough business to go around, would you agree? Can we all do a better job of sharing and paying it forward to everybody? Raise your hand and say, I can. Good. The other thing is, how many people get a birthday call? Do you get birthday calls? Do you receive birthday calls? Everybody should say yes. Everybody gets birthday. Nobody calls you on your birthday? Jeremy, nobody calls you on your birthday? Come on. People call you. Your mom has to call you on your birthday. So people call you on your birthday. Now, how many people call you the day before? I promise you, I'm the only guy that showed up to AL. That's his name. It's kind of a funny name. I'm the only guy that showed up to AL that day and beatboxed happy birthday for him. I had to beatbox happy birthday for him because the receptionist in the yellow shirt, when I first walked in, it was her birthday the week before, and I stopped by and gave her a little spa gift card, and I sang her happy birthday, and I'm not a very good singer, so that was really funny. So they were all like, sing to him, and I was like, I don't like to be the same. I like to change it up, so I beatbox for him. So how many people could have more fun in their life and be a little bit more goofy? It makes it a lot more enjoyable, and you get to stand out a little bit. Play my next clip, please. He was talking about, like, maybe replacing vinyl. Basically, there's a lot of handyman work that needs to be done. I don't know if we're supposed to do it or not. I can't put that in the video. That one. So, there's just a bunch of that I feel like you need to be there. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, videotape my conversations for the day because I'm trying to do a day in the life of video for the core. You just ruined my video. Oh. Twice. <laughs> oh. Mother. Mother. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. I think Franzi might be able to bleep you out. Just beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep. Hello, this is Jay. Leave your name and number, and I'll call you back. The mailbox is full and cannot accept the mailbox this time. Goodbye. I was going to leave a gangster message. Well, the message should be, hey, Jay, it's Patrick Conway, Trevor Olwerts, wanted me to call you. I've been knowing Trevor for a long time. He's one of my best friends. Um, obviously, you said you're going to be buying your first house of all time. I just wanted to let you know that I am literally the best negotiator in all of San Antonio. So if you're looking to get the best deal on your house, I'm the guy. Give me a call back. I want to set up a buyer's consultation with you. Call me on my cell. It's 210-379-2297. That's should be the message I should leave, but since his voicemail is full, I can't do it, so I'll text him the same thing. Hey, Carly, how you doing? I'm Patrick. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. This is Franzi. She was following me. There she is. She's our showing assistant, so thanks for taking the time to come out. Uh, can I get you water or anything? Yeah. talking about houses and what we'd like you to do is get permission for us to call them if they're interested in buying or selling because we'll take great care of them too. So throughout this process, we'd expect for two referrals throughout this process. Can you commit to doing that? Yeah. Awesome. Well, we can commit to finding you an awesome house. Any other questions or anything that you can think of? Nope. Cool. I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, Franzi will start looking today and she'll have the first round of houses to your email um, by tonight. Yeah. Okay. And then... She's open by appointment anytime, so once she shows you a house that you really like, you'll schedule it, go look at it, and we'll go from there. Okay. Sound like good? Bye. All right. Well, we look forward to looking, uh, taking really good care of you, okay? Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Thank you. This is for you. Thanks. We'll see you later. All right, a couple things there. How many people can leave better voicemails? 
What was the hook that you heard on my voicemail? Best negotiator, right? Where did I get that from? Like we haven't heard that a million times from Rick, right? So if we repeat from the better people that we that are in our lives, like Rick, like Dayton, like Kendra, we just have to repeat what they're telling us and we probably will win, right? So I texted that guy the same thing. He immediately called me back and we're doing a deal with him right now. So I think speed to the lead is very important that we learned from Jim Bass today. That was a warm lead, but again, speed to the lead. So what Kay was talking about on all every single day, he's focused on calling leads. I need to change that. So sometimes I get so stuck in a rut. So I feel like Mondays are VIPs and Tuesdays are current clients and Wednesdays are the only day I call leads. How idiotic am I? So I'm taking something out of Kay's book and I got to call leads every single day, no matter what. That's the closest to the dollar bill that we could ever get. So calling leads back immediately, leaving really more impactful voicemails. I'm a little bit more passionate on the phone. You can hear it in my voice. I'm a little bit excitable, right? So I like some of that stuff. Buyer's consultation that came in, my door's all screwed up, so I, they took it out of the video, but we just put in that new glass door, so I was really proud of it, but it looks kind of junky. But we have a fridge stocked full of stuff. How many people ever said feed everybody? You hear that all the time. How many people need to feed your staff or have food and drinks available? Cool. Uh, next clip. We'll keep rolling. All right, so we've got a past client from five or six years ago that bought in a really nice neighborhood. Uh, they are moving back out to Key West, and they want to maximize the house, so they're putting some improvements in, and they're most likely going to list the house with me. I don't see it being a competitive situation or anything like that, so let's go check it out. Hey, Ron. Hey, Good seeing you again. Real good. How are you? Good. How you been? I'm pretty good. Awesome. Talking all these kids and everything grow. It's yeah. crazy. So. <laughs> yeah. 18 months old already. Wow. Time flies. I guess. How long has it been? Five years already? About five years, I think, right? When you guys moved in? I'm really sad you guys are moving back to the Keys. It's crazy. I know. We gave Texas a shot for a while, but it's time to go back to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to go fishing with you now, brother. Yeah. Come on down. Come on down. We'll have a good time. So it looks like you're working hard. Yeah. Doing a whole lot to the house. You ought to see it. Check it out. Lots to check out. Show me what you've done. I've been here for all the Super Bowl parties. I know you. You're like a father figure to me. I'm not trying to hate you at the moment, but I'm just telling you, it's like you're my brother. So I don't think there's anybody that's going to work harder for you to make sure that I'm fighting for any outcome. If I came in here and said, yeah, I'll discount my own commission, what would I do with your money? So you know that I'm going to go to bat for my own money, I'm going to go to bat for your money even harder. I promise you I'll get $5,000 more than the next guy. I'm worth everything. I can't remember that. Cool. Well, what I want you to do is two things for me. You remember Carly? Maybe you come to the last uh, little get-together that we had. She's going to send you all of our listing agreement stuff, uh, all to your email address, which is ron.pearson at aol.com. Same email, right? Yes. Cool. So what I want you to do is just one little honor agreement. It says, hey, you're honoring that you're going to be a really good client for me. I'm honoring that I'm going to give you a top dollar for this house. So you can sign a date for me right there. I look forward to helping you guys out again. You've been awesome clients of mine. And obviously, you know, I have two jobs now. My number one job is to sell this house to the top dollar and maximize the dollars because I know that's the most important part. And my number two job is to find clients just like you guys. So throughout the process, if you can help me focus on my number one job, which is selling this house, you can help me by finding other people just like you. So if you or Sue or anybody that wants to buy or sell, I'm going to help them out too. All right. One thing that I wanted to point out from the last video, the last clip that I didn't say is how many people actually do a buyer's consultation with every single one of their buyers? Dallin does. He's blowing up. Good. Most of y'all do. Some of y'all don't. 
some of that cold business that we're talking about. A lot of times we let buyer's agents run with it and we never even meet them, right? That's stupid. So from now on, it's mandatory that you meet with every single client. They come to your office. They don't want to come to your office, go to the next person. Do a buyer's consultation. A lot of people ask me how that handoff works with the showing assistant. So my showing assistant sits right there. I do the buyer's consultation. I set all the expectations. I ask all the questions, and I cue my team up for success. So now I took a half-hour buyer's consultation, and I make every single honor call every single week to them, but I don't have to go out for 30 hours and show them properties. It's a much better model, right? Cool. What did you see in that video on the listing you like? Where you typically see the handoff fail is when you don't have your showing agent. I know and there's a big push for the showing agent model right now is when you start the consultation, you show the first few houses, the first few times they go out, and then after that you pass off the showing agent. That's not a good model, right? If you want that, if you want your freedom back, you have to have your showing agent, salaried agent, in your consultation. You have to explain to them, your client, how this works, okay? My strength is the negotiation. I'm going to be there for your negotiation, your repair requests. If something goes wrong with your appraisal, I handle all the negotiation. The great part about Cassandra is anytime you need to go look at a house, she's going to be there. Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon. Do you think I could service that properly? No, I have a family now. I'm not in that part of my career where I want to go that hard on the weekends. So you have to have your sales agent in your consultation for a proper handoff. How many people commit to doing that? Very, very effective. Very cool. So, listing appointment. I do a pretty good job. I have a really good high conversion rate, but I do no cold business, so it's all warm referrals, so it's more conversational. So five year ago client, I asked him if I could shoot a video. He's like, yeah, no problem. He didn't care. Non-competitive situation. He's been remodeled in the place. I don't even live there anymore. It was very comfortable. So he's just showing me all the stuff he's going to do, and he's literally going to sign. And in the video, we didn't tell you, but he's like, oh, man, you know, two doors down as an agent. And he said he'd do it for 5%. And then you heard me overcome that objection, right? Most of the time, we want to cripple and just say, yes, I just want the deal. Especially for me, that house is a nice house in San Antonio. That house right there is about 600 grand. You all know my average sales price is like 80 grand, right? So that was an awesome house for me. I should have just like buckled, right? And just said, no, I just want the deal. Or I could just sell a little bit of value and probably get it, right? A couple other things that I noticed that I did in there. Um, I want to get their commitment no matter what, but I also am very busy. So I don't want to sit there and go over a 15-page listing Agreement, I do a one-page honor agreement, and my team gets them to queue in with an electronic version of our listing agreement. It saves me a whole bunch of time. So I just do a one-page honor agreement. I got that from Philly. So I do one-page honor agreements on all the buyers, all of the listings. They commit to me when I'm in front of them. Once they sign that paper, they're going with me. So if you ran into the guy down the street, and the guy down the street says, I'll do it for 4% now, did you sign anything? They say, yes, I did sign something, and then they have to back off, right? Because they don't know what they signed, but they signed an honor agreement with me, so that's a huge deal. The last thing is, did anybody hear like the, we need your help, two referrals form? Did you hear me say that? Throughout the process, I've got two jobs now. My number one job is to sell your house on the game plan we talked about. My number two client job is to find clients just like you. Now, I think that I've been to 14 summits, 15 summits maybe. I can't do the math. And the we need your help, two referrals form has been there each and every time. And I started doing it in February. I don't know what's wrong with me. I am dumb. I am super much a huge, gigantic doofus. And since I've been doing that, every single month, we've had current client referrals in the teens. 15, 18, 13. I've never had that before in my life. So, Patrick, I see that you asked for your um, we need your help form 
in the early part of the transaction during that consultation. In the beginning. Like, why, you do it, why do you do it that way? Anybody heard of that reticular activator? Of course. So reticular activator. When you buy a new car, you see that car everywhere. Like all of a sudden, everyone decided to buy your car, right? I had to get a Ford Expedition EL because Rick drives a Ford Expedition. And I'm highly influenced by my mentors. And I have a ton of kids now. So I, have, I had to let go of the fancy Lexus I had. And now I drive a Ford Expedition. As soon as I bought it, I was like, everyone drives Ford Expedition. This is weird. Not everyone drives it. I just notice it now. So I will literally bring this up and have that exact conversation with my clients. And I tell them about the reticular activator. And it's not that everyone just bought the Ford. It's just I notice it because I'm in it now. So while they're in that process of buying and selling, every time they hear house or home or buying and selling, they're going to key into that immediately. So they're going to be around all these people, and they're just going to notice it. So I conditioned them right from the start to try to capture more current client referrals, and it is definitely working for me. So if it works for me, it will definitely work for you. One thing that I want to just tap off with is I always get these questions about hey, what kind of objections do you get during your, you know, your consultations. If you have a – I don't really get too many. If you come in with a solid presentation and you knock it out of the park, you're dialed in, you practice it, you won't get that many objections because they've probably already talked to someone that came in with the comps in their hand and said, hey, this is what your house is worth. Please sign here. When you go through a proper consultation, talking to them about what your marketing plan, how you separate yourself from your competition, you know, I mean, it's like your past success, you will close them more of the time. I do have a trial close that I use that I want to share with everyone because I know that's an uncomfortable part of a listing presentation. When do you know when to close? How do you, how do you close? Do you just send it across and say, hey, sign here? It's a little uncomfortable for me, so I do have a trial close. The way I go in to close is I said, hey, so do you have any questions about this? Any concerns on what we just went over? And most of the time they say no. It was very thorough. And I say, great, when do you want to have your pictures? And they say, Ooh, next week, Thursday, fantastic, let's sign the paperwork. Boom, that's how I do it. All right? So it's a little smoother, less, you know, I, it's, it's, it's more comfortable for me to do it that way instead of just coming in so aggressive and having them sign. I like that assumption close. I probably should be a little more gentle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, it's my style. I like to do it that way. I think that's really, really good. How many people could roll with the more gentle approach? When do you want your pictures? If you struggle on getting them to commit, just write that down right now. So when would you like me to schedule your photos? That's an awesome close for a listing. You have to get them to commit before. Do you have any questions or concerns? No, this was very thorough. Thank you. When do you want to have your pictures? You have to get them to commit right before that. Okay? Tanil, next clip. Just walking up to one of my favorite places of all time. Just getting done with our little uh, listing appointment that we had. I got all my people meeting me at Hotel Emma Lobby Bar, which is one of my favorite places, real close to where the Spurs game's at. I lost my video person for the day, but obviously hanging out at Hotel Emma. Very nice place. Seeing all the people. Say hi, everybody. Hey. So getting ready to go Spurs game. Hopefully they win. We need to win to make sure we don't get the 18. Hanging out with all my peeps. Say, yeah, go Spurs. Hey, get off your phone. Hey. Hi. How many people could do more fun things that they like to do? Obviously, you know I like those things, right? I'm like, all like, hey, look at how much fun I'm having. So if I'm having a lot of fun, they probably have a lot of fun and it bleeds over. So I love the Spurs. 
I think Rita made a living off Orlando Magic because she loves Chuck Daly. So whatever you like to do, go do that. I like Spurs games. I go to Spurs games with my clients. So every single one of the people, one of my buyer's agents is behind me on his phone. That's why I was telling him to get off the phone. Right behind us is somebody who sent us four deals a year to date so far. The two ladies next to me sent us two deals apiece so far. The person next to her sent us eight deals. She's number one in our life right now. And I got my lender, Adam, on the end. So all those people come to the game with me. It was the last Spurs home game. Something that was really, really fun. We did a happy hour right before. So we can have more fun with our clients, right? Cool. Yeah. Next clip. Oh, you got one more thing. Yeah, it's, it's a great way if you're struggling to sell to your people or your business people over the phone, your, your VIP clients, if you haven't connected with them, invite them to an event. Okay? If you haven't talked to someone in a really long time, don't come in asking for business. You haven't earned the right or you lost the right to do that. The best way to reconnect is reconnect in person. Okay, so we do monthly happy hours where you can invite them to. We do client events. He does the Spurs game. I do the Arizona Wildcats basketball. That's the way you go back and reconnect with someone. You have to do it over the phone. Or, I mean, you start over the phone to invite them. You don't sell, and then you build a relationship, and you sell in person. All right? So the most important part about the happy hour and the basketball game for me that he just reminded me of, no selling goes on for that. It's just a bunch of fun. The most important part is... Uh, Jim Bass told me, what did he say? F you, F you, F you. So it's the follow up. Mm-hmm. So I call all those people that went to the basketball game and I say, thanks for coming. And what do they do to me? Oh, thank you so much. I had a great time. And then what do I do? Hey, I really need your help. I just need one, just one buyer or seller from me this year. Can you commit to doing that? Love you. We'll see you later. Next clip, please. All right, so it's almost eight o'clock. And what are we doing? We're watching a Barbie show. We're watching a Barbie show. So right before bedtime, which is 8 o'clock, we get a little cuddle time in. We get to watch a little Barbie show, which is really fun. It basically looks like this. And we have these little knuckleheads running around as well, which is fun. Barbie show, cuddle time, almost ready for bed, but pretty routine. Say, I love my daddy. I love you too. All right, bedtime routine. My wife doesn't want to be on camera, but there's her arm. But basically, uh... You know, twins and life and going through crazy in vitro uh, was, I don't know, a challenge to say the least. So what helped us was going to counseling every single month without fail. So uh, we have a really good guy named Dr. Novian, and he tells us that every time we go to bed, we should uh, talk about whatever our biggest struggle was and whatever our greatest achievement was. So there's my wife's arm. We're about to have that conversation right now. She's not uh, super into being on camera right now, but I still love her. So definitely something that we do every single night. Very, very important. Engaging in conversation, making sure everything's good. So night-night. See ya. That's what it's all about. All the kids and all the fun, that's what it's all about, right? So I like to spend time with them. I like to put them in bed at night. I like to cuddle and watch Barbies. I know every... I don't know, Paw Patrol, Barbie, Trolls, Frozen. I know all that stuff. It's very fun. That's what they like to do, so I like to do it. It makes me have a lot of joy in my life. How many people have joy with their kids? Most of us in the room if we have kids. So that's what it's all about. How many people actually have an adult conversations with their spouse? I normally did not back in the day, and then I learned really quickly that I have to do it every single night or I'm in the doghouse. So you can use that tactic. It's been brilliant and awesome for us. Hey, what was your biggest challenge today? Hey, what was really fun or what's your biggest achievement that you had? So I get some dialogue going. Back when I thought that I was super awesome, remember I had this huge, gigantic ego, right? 
So I thought I was super awesome, and my wife's going through in vitro. We almost got divorced, and bad stuff was going on, and I was like, I'm going to leave. This sucks. And we never communicated. I don't think I ever asked her one or two questions during that time. So every night I'm asking my wife questions, making sure that she's in tune and I'm in tune with her. Very important. Flip side, too, you got to ask questions, right? Yep. Cool. For a long time, that's where I was really messing up at home. I was confusing quality time for me just being there, right? I'm like, hey, let's go watch a movie together. We don't speak at all. And I thought, wow, we're spending a lot of time together. So I went to relationship counseling, and that was her biggest complaint. I would come home, be on my phone. I, I mean, I just love real estate. So I'd love to get on the computer. I like to do home searches. So I thought me just being there, hey, we're spending time together. But that almost ruined my relationship, right? Just imagine one day I think I'm doing really well, and then she says, I'm going to go stay at my mom's house. I don't know if this is working for us. It's like, man, you can't take, you know, you can't, you can't leave my life, and then you can't take Jacob out of my life. This is my last chance to, you know, make sure I make it right. So that's one thing that I do. I sit down. We have a quick conversation. And she gets to choose the movie because I go hard all the time, right? And let me tell you, I watch some just ridiculous stuff, but I sit there, I shut my <laughs> mouth, and I just watch it. All right, so um, hope you enjoyed that class. Patrick, fantastic video. Just really inspired me to just be better, have more fun at work. That's, that's really one thing that I got from it. So thank you very much for sharing. And I know it's a lot to have someone that follows you around all day, takes us into your home life. So thank you very much. Before the next question, I think you guys learned a bunch. We have morning routine. We've got printed stuff, daily team meetings, set up for success. We've got a lunch appointment, a referral appointment, a meeting to lessen the distractions with our team. We've got a listing appointment, a happy hour, a fun event. We've got time with the kids, time with the spouse. We've got a ton of tactics. Would you agree that there's a lot of tactics here? How many people for sure took away three things that they can implement immediately to make their day a little better? Every hand should be in the air. Raise your hand. You didn't get three things? If you got three things, raise your hand. Cool. Page 319 is important to us. It's a survey on how we did. If we did anything less than a five, come up here and tell us what we can do better next time. Hey, we appreciate you guys very much. You have 14 minutes to the next class. Next breakout class is at 245. Thank you. If you guys have any... You've been listening to the CORE's Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.thecoretraining.com.